0: I'm Peter Jones and welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. This podcast will be combining personality, passion and our love of football alongside industry and recruitment news. Our amazing guests will share their personal stories and also explain what they get up to when they're not at work. in wedding garden city we found this we managed to get here eventually i went around lots of roundabouts dan lots and lots of roundabouts but we are recording episode 19 of the four jones show we are joined by three wonderful people from the world of bath store i've got helen to my left haven't i helen you have you joined off yet not quite. Not quite, not quite. Helen, uh, Helen underestimated the change in our weather. We were in our shorts last week, but we're in need our wellies today. I've got Dan opposite, and I've got Hayley. Hi. How are you guys? Good, yeah, very
1: well,
0: thanks. Nice. So, so, welcome to the Ford Jones Show. I know some of you have been jettling up on previous episodes, super mums and yeah. life in retail. Um, foreign Jones is a specialist recruiter for KBB and for Builders Merchants. Um, we kind of understand their recruitment cycle from everyone's point of view. Um, I was away in June, uh, towards the end of June, I was in Portugal and that's when the news broke about Bath Store, and, or the, the potential news broke about what could happen with Bath Store. I came back from a holiday and, you know, it was doom and gloom. And that's a that's a sad place for someone that's in the sector. Um, I'm quite blessed to, to, to know as friends, clients and job seekers and just net contacts and amazing people in KBB And many of them, that journey has been with, still is, or has had, has, has had part of Bath Store there. Um, so we are going to talk about that. But first, we're going to we're going to try and bring you personalities to life. So I'll start with you, Dan, because I know you wanted to go first. No, so why, why don't you tell our thousands of listeners, because this will be top of the pops this episode, Absolutely. and also all of our connections on LinkedIn and social media,
1: who you are and what your background is, and just bring yourself to life, there Well, I'm. Um my predominantly, I'm a, I'm a hardcore retailer, really. I'm a, my background, years ago, I was in a store management and area management. Sounds like a a hardcore retailer. Was, yeah, yeah, do you know what? I think it's one of those things that um, you kind of... I uh, started out in Woolworths many, many years ago. Do you remember Woolworths on the old high school? Oh, well, I got, I, got so, uh, I got done on the pick and mix count,
0: man. <laughs> don't I? You know, I, got, I got marched home to my land. You know what <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean? So I did kind of a few management roles. I moved over to the game stores group, because so I used to love computer games, at that age, and um, then, uh, then joined Wix, and that was about sort of 13 years ago I joined Wix, um, brilliant company to work for, really enjoyed it, they, uh, they were fantastic at kind of developing you and giving you a, an opportunity to, to grow and to learn new things, and that's kind of where I fell into marketing to be honest with you, I did a, a few roles there, I, uh, my brand comes and events for five years, kind of the operations side, so all the internal events, uh, all the internal communications, and then I took a side-by-step into a kind of a digital role and very soon discovered that I really enjoyed marketing. I, I love kind of you know, get using that that experience of what customers want, what colleagues want, what you know what they need, what drives them um, to, to market the brand and to market the, the services. So um, yeah, kind of it was a side-by-step and it was something that I then kind of moved onwards and upwards. So, went through quite a few different roles, I've done all sorts of marketing, so kind of digital side, I've worked traditional side, print, pr- procurement, pos, graphics, you name it. If it's uh, if it's marketing in any shape or form, it's, uh, it's something that I've kind of covered in my time. So, because uh, you're not with Barcelona now, are you? No, so no. I, um, I went about four weeks ago, I think once it kind of all happened, and it happened very, very quickly. Um, Kind of people will joke about this because the same thing happened last year when I was at Wix. So I went on a two week holiday in spring. So we call you lucky, stopped, got back, and it was yeah. made redundant. And then yeah. the same thing happened this year yeah. two week holiday. I don't know. It was just, it's just, yeah. a text from Hayley saying yeah. Yeah. you're never ever yeah. allowed to get on <laughs> the label. Yeah, so I think it's just, yeah, just, yeah, very, very lucky. Uh, but no, I was, I was a barstool for I think seven or eight months in yeah. total. Um, absolutely loved the job, loved the brand, loved the culture, loved everything about it. So um, for me, I think it was, it was very upsetting when it all happened. I think I mean,
0: that there is, is such an important point to bring to this show because everyone
1: can look at it from the
0: outside. You can give advice. We so can circle like a vulture and you can say that but you know what it's horrible so um you know send to people be brave be strong be positive that's just words but actually going there and actually looking someone in the eye who's experiencing that i mean you are saying that with a smile on your face but it's it must be painful and and it It must be painful i think
1: uh, for you know that's why kind of it prompted me to to put something together for LinkedIn because i was aware of a lot of colleagues going through exactly the same thing and the hindsight's a wonderful thing because I, you know, I went through this last year so I learnt my mistakes because that was my first experience of redundancy and I've got, I've got friends out there that have probably been through this five or six yeah. times through the years um, and everyone said the same thing to me you you will approach it the second time differently the way you approach it the first time so I just want to you know for me it was a bit of a, a call to people that were in that situation thinking oh my god I've been in this business for like five, ten years some people 15-20 years what do I do now and it's you know there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is life after the bar store. it's a horrible Thing that's happened, it's, it's you're gonna feel bad, you're gonna feel like you're missing something, and a lot of people it's, it feels like a family, so mm-hmm. it genuinely was that kind of a culture. But you know, time will heal those wounds, mm-hmm. and all, you know, obviously, we've got some great people out there that are really helping, and you know, you guys in particular, I think it's great. I think the,
0: the, the, the because we, we we would naturally have you have an influx of people that want to talk to you and you then you've got to you've got to manage your expectations in the best way you can and that's to kind of be transparent. I think I said it earlier, you know, for, for, for nine out of every ten people who contact you, you're unlikely to help them all at that precise moment in time. But you can be honest, you can give a bias, you can talk about what's there. But it's it's actually trying to give people the confidence to help themselves as well. A lot a lot of my best conversations are ones I have with people different levels where we don't actually do anything then, but we you know we leave something positive and they remember that because you yeah. you, 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 you just being being really honest sometimes telling someone that we don't have anything live you can see that for yourself I don't have a hidden drawer of them I promise you you know I don't because why would I hide them if I can tell everyone about them but. This is what we can do and if anything changes, you, you leave them as positive as you can, but that's 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 kind of the, the situation everyone faces them I in. Mean. But the the chemistry between you three that, that's come through from just you, you decided to come on the show and just there. So I get the family element and that, that makes everything feel really hard, doesn't it, to be fair. So <laughs> Yeah, it does. So so that's that's an intro from you, Dan, who's not really stuff. So we're going to talk to Hayley to your, to your left and my right.
2: No, I'm quite left. i haven't quite left, but
0: you're leaving. Yes,
2: I'm leaving only because the office is not going to be anywhere near here anymore and I wouldn't be able to commute. So, so that's why. But um, yeah, so my background I've always been in design, so UI, UX design. Um, Went to uni to do design, um, thought right, I like to draw, how am I going to make money from this, I'll mix it with a bit of IT. Um, left there and did graphic design, and worked for a magazine and quickly realised that digital was the way to go. Um, they started to get a lot of web design work coming through, I had no web designers and I'd done one website at uni. So. Started to take that on, um, then moved to Tesco, bounty, ended up at Wix with Dan, um, heading up the UX design team, um, and then yeah, then moved to Barstool.
0: So, so the future for you—it's not going to be a bar store. I've done some st- some social media stalking. Okay. So I can see there's a little entrepreneurial things going on on in the journey. Are they yes. still going
2: on? Yeah. So I have a, a bit of a sideline business which is for fun. I like fitness, and my spare time I do a lot of fitness. Can I take, take
0: you on if you want to do some squats? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. Have yeah. I've done a few
1: bodybuilding shows. <laughs> yeah, one right. Since my last one
2: was born, I've got two little girls. Milan's um, just turned three, so the last show. I've I did was just a month before found out I was pregnant with her so um, so yeah but I still train all the time but I kind of mixed fitness with design and my love for websites and retail mm. and just I made a fitness website fitness clothing website
0: which I do in my spare time. Would it be as big as Shark?
2: I have got time for it, to yeah. be honest. Okay. It kind of just sits yeah. in the background. Well, that's, you know, that's a
0: success story journey. of someone who's taken online and offline and whatever, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, no, that brand's gone mad.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's
0: brilliant. yeah. They um, really have. So what's the future holding?
2: Um, okay, so... Can you tell us? You don't have to tell us. I don't really know. So oh, okay. before I was, I was heading up to UX UI at Wix, I went to Barcelona to head up UX, mm. um, and then came head digital. So I was looking after um, design, code, um, the digital marketing, um, and the trading. Um, so. Probably going to go that sort of way, so sort like of like ahead of digital roles, I, I, I like the whole digital, rather than just sort of focusing on design, it's quite fun to sort of get involved in the analytics and the numbers
0: and the trading and the digital
2: marketing and the, and the whole thing really.
0: It is interesting how you find that path because <laughs> you, you kind of evolve into a place. But mm-hmm. welcome to the show, <laughs> I hope was going to be fun, we'll come on to digital, we'll come on to the future, uh, but first of all, Helen, introduce yourself.
3: Okay. Well, I never worked at Wix, which I'm now feeling a little sorry. Normally, no, no, re- no, 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 yeah. I. No, no, to be
0: fair, Caleb definitely
3: didn't. Um, mm. I'm kind of born and bred Bath store, which is a little unfortunate. Um, I've been there since 2006. Yeah. So I've been through Walsley. I've been through Endless. I've been through.
0: When we were um, when we were tier one preferred supplier for Walsley in the Leamington Spa days, in that yep. transition to that, uh, we did an awful lot of recruitment, so I'm talking about 2004, 2005, 2006. was the only brand that would talk to us. <laughs> I remember that out of all of them. They, they, they were his they were independent, you can't go near them, leave them alone. So we always did. So that was around the time you joined. Yeah, they at that time they had a plan to try and open 100
3: stores in a year, which obviously didn't work because that's pretty tricky. Um, but they they got quite a long way long way to it. So I joined quite a small business and it became quite a big business over a very short amount of time and I joined as a manager designate and then because they they wanted me to come in on board, but they didn't actually have a store at the proper time. Mm. So they recruited me for a store that never did get opened. And so I was the manager of the Gillingham store on my contract. That
0: sounds <laughs> like <my> strategy. <laughs> I just got good people in, and then tried to find them somewhere. I remember having people driving around in company cars, and they weren't even on payroll. You know, but, but you could get a car through the fleet. You know, it was honestly. The, I mean, you couldn't do why You couldn't do it back then, but it was different, wasn't it? I guess. Yes, it was a really yeah. different world.
3: So. Yeah, so when the next store opened, I got a store and then some more opened and I got another one and I kind of went from being a store manager to a cluster manager and then I left for a little bit and then I came back and did store manager and then installations manager and then I set up the new office in Welling Garden City for installations and then after that I quit again and then they decided I wasn't quitting so they put <laughs> me into <at> operations. <laughs> um, so I've kind of done a little bit of everything. Do you think River is
0: going? It's going to escape me. Okay, so out of all those positions, what's the one you, you really sort of look back on and think that was the most fun?
3: To be fair, operations is amazing because you can it covers all of yeah. the other things. So all the bits I loved being about in store world and in the installations world I can still be involved in. And it me and the fact that I've come through those things means that actually I can look at those and go, Well these are the problems you face when you're doing that role and then you can start stripping that back and then working on ways to fix those problems to make it easier for the people who are actually out there dealing with customers. So operations has been great and I've been really lucky that's How I ended up working in the office um, and kind of getting to know the guys there. So it's, yeah, that's
0: definitely. I I imagine it should be quite a fun office. It, yeah, it was. Yeah. I think yeah. it
1: was. Everyone, there was a really good atmosphere. Yeah. Actually, and I've worked in businesses previously, and you can feel it. Like, yeah, you, you can feel a good vibe, and you can. Yeah. You know. and well, I think because it was quite a small team as well. You know, yeah. um, it was only about ninety of us in yeah. the office. So everyone kind of knew each yeah. other. and there's
3: about ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: What I think was good is that we were all in our teams, sort of making big steps forward, yeah. and we were all yeah. getting somewhere. Um, and, and I know Dan was doing quite quite a lot of stuff. I was about to launch a new website, and it just. Like, like it was just, the world.
1: just there
2: yeah. and then yeah. it think
1: yeah, it's a little bit longer spot, another, another <laughs> yeah. six months i think could have been very great that's what's the most sad for
0: me So, it, it. In, in, in like the old uh the old auctioneer, you know going going gone so we've got dan, go, well, dan gone you're going and yeah helen i have no idea at
3: the moment there's so much to do with trying to look after what's left yeah because um, obviously we've got two sides at the moment. We've got one side that's winding down and the other side that's kind of building up and at the moment it's just trying to support through that for whatever time there is left and at some point I'm definitely going to start thinking about what my future holds but at the moment I just mm. need to look after what's left.
0: Thanks, Ashley. Welcome to the show. A great intro to this episode of our podcast so bar store the view from the inside i've got the three of you in a room going going and gone or going staying and not gone um what i want to do is kind of and i think this is really powerful is to bring to life your emotions as, as this news was breaking and sort of how 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 it sort of transpired to you so dan starting with yourself i mean um, Talking about it from the inside of the company, how, how was that, you know, we're going back what, a month, a couple of months, months or so, yeah. did, did you know something was coming, it, it sounded like it was business as usual until the point?
1: It was, yeah, to be honest with you, I think, you know, we, we, there was a massive leadership change last year, so we, we changed a lot of personnel, I was brought on board to head up a, you know, a new marketing function. Hayley was brought on board. It was all it was all changed, and I think the reason that it was all changed is because the, the stores had had a bit of a rough time. Um, you know, they weren't making the money they needed to make. The, the, the confidence in the high street—it's it, it, well known, it's well documented—it's it's quite low at the moment. So, we all came into the business with this kind of great gusto to do big things and to make some big changes. And as Hayley said earlier, I think you know we had a lot of stuff that we were we were right in the middle of doing. We were on the verge of launching. Um, you know the numbers weren't brilliant, but that's, that's the way it was, and I think you know the, the investors seemed fairly happy with that at the time. Um, but there were always whispers, and I think this is probably one of the points I'd like to make. Really, I think the. The press speculation is one of the things I think it's it's hugely damaging. We spoke about it on the phone. Yeah, I I think, you know, I'm not saying that they're to blame for a lot of businesses out there that go bust, but I think when you've got a lack of confidence in the high street, someone having, you know, a punt at what they think is going on isn't particularly helpful for anyone. So I think what that's done is... You know, inadvertently, it's probably sped up a process that may or may not have happened, mm-hmm. um, but it's certainly put a lot of doubt into people's minds. And you know, even the fact that we we had customers still coming in for quotes, you know, weeks before it all kicked off. But the minute the press got out and say, "Hang on a minute, Barstow's in trouble," all those people that may have been coming in to buy something suddenly, oh, hang on a minute. So it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Can suppliers do the same thing? Suppliers do the same yeah. thing. So I think we, you know, we were. We were in a case of everything was kind of going fine, we were being told everything's alright, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. As I said earlier, I went on holiday for two weeks, I came back from holiday on the Friday to rumours, the press speculation, got into the office on the Monday, um, was told things are going to be okay. Okay, and then Wednesday the administrators were appointed. On Thursday I was out of job. So I kind of I joke with my, my colleagues it's like a really bad Craig David song because within the space <laughs> of a week you went from being in this business that you loved and you were going to do amazing things with. to I'm um, I'm now chilling Yeah I mean <laughs> you <laughs> were making love on the No, it was it was it was really
0: really sudden. And I think it was was it, was it this sudden for everyone? Or was it was it sudden this news for you Helen, or was you closer to the
3: No, I mean, even in the office, the thing is, is if you you hear rumours and then you keep being told it's business as usual, business as usual, and the fact is, is you have to believe the people who are leading you, Hmm. because otherwise the alternative is is if you can't trust those people, then you shouldn't be in that business. and obviously Dan came back on the Monday, and we had our one-to-one on Tuesday. And you said, "Don't worry, to, everything's going to be fine," because they, this is it. It's, yeah. Everyone was given the same message from within the business, I and mean, we knew the company wasn't doing well. I mean, we all saw the figures and everything else.
0: Tough to go through, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think there, there are people who, for it's just a job for them, yeah. and then there's people who it's very much home.
1: Yeah. For the isn't fun. No, I, I think hear. it was probably it was probably worse for the people that were still there. I, I would guess because I well, when we had to say goodbye to everyone else, yeah, it was it, it was, was really it hard. was as brutal yeah. as you know. One day I've got this team this team of people that I've kind of uh, built and I put around me, and the next thing we're all out, and we're on our way. You know, and I think Helen and uh, there was Helen and one other from my team that were remaining. and yeah. i kind of your heart goes out to because mm-hmm. it was like. Everyone you know, and everyone that you work with, and everyone that you care about, suddenly they're not there anymore, mm-hmm. and it's as brutal as here to mm-hmm. today gone tomorrow.
3: Well, and when you work as a team, you like you you lean on people. You know, it was it, it, that little kind of bank of desks that we used to sit at. People would do things, and then go, oh, can you just have a look at it? And all of a sudden, you look over your shoulder, and there's no one there to just kind of
0: that must be through. awful. Like, to, if you're still in that same work, like that arena, mm-hmm. that, that theatre of work, or you know, your office, and d- that, that I mean that mm-hmm. I'm quite a, you know, a visual you know I, I, I don't know how I deal with that we had
2: a what, big office
0: Yeah, I and then then I it, thinking, yeah, yeah. it
2: kind of all happened like, in the space of a couple of hours most people left and then the rest of us kind of just had to move desks and just sit in the corner of yeah. this big office and just yeah. everything just changed It's kind of like what do we do now
0: and, then this is, and this is without even getting into the actual pressures which losing your or being able to do that brings in, in, in the room because we've got to talk about Real world, you know, in the real mm. world, we have families, we have mortgages, we have rental agreements, we have a cost of living. You know, that all of that kind of gets overlooked in these reports. But if you look at how many employees were potentially affected and then how many have been affected, one that's a, that's an amazing amount of people coming in onto the market with a certain skill set, yeah. so you've got that, but the impact it has on their lives and their their families, I mean that, that's something which I've learned about just. Through talking to people, mm. you know and it's not always at the high level. It's, it's at every single level. Mm. Uh, okay, you know you, it's, it's bad up here if you can't pay your school fees, but it's really bad down here if you can't get your weekly shop. So that that pressure is awful to manage. And I guess you're your feeling there's, you know, you said you, you, some of your team are turning to you for advice and they're reaching
1: out to you. I've seen some of the positive things you put on social media. So I think you know the advice I give people is just. If you can and you can afford to do it, take a little bit of time, just have to think about your next steps and find the right recruiters. Find people that are going to be helpful to you, that know the sector, that know that get to know you and get to kind of speak to you on a regular basis um, I think it's I think from one, one of the, the words of advice we get is to kind of
0: approach if you're out of work and you're looking for work you, you should approach your job search like you're at work and you should mm. you should actually give yourself dedicated time to yeah. it and then you should come away from it and then you should go back but you should you should almost have mini plans because you can you can actually influence so much yourself today uh, whether that's online whether that's offline whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter Insta, Insta, whatever your, whatever your poison is, you can influence so much yourself. So, so that's that's where you start from, and then yes, you reach out. Not every position in the market will go to a recruiter. So if a recruiter tells you that they're lying. Uh, not every recruiter working on a project is working exclusively or has a relationship with the, the employer, so you've got to be able to see that. But, being ready, being prepared, you know, some of the basics, and I'll come on to some of them through, mm-hmm. as, as we go, as we go, you can do it yourself, but you have to be in a mental place to do that, and you yeah. have to be at the right level to do it. You know, I, I work with some really, really board level, senior board level leaders, and they're, they've, never been, they've never been on the other side of an interview in 25 years, and they're, their actual preparation, and that is like, it's way off point, and you have to kind of say to them without upsetting them that you know if you don't change your approach and you don't think about this, you're going to sit there waiting. Um, that's a mistake some people make. Others don't. Others are really proactive. I get, I get, I get a little bit frustrated sometimes when people reach out to me and they're you know what have you got? Can you help? This is that. I'm like yeah, of course we can, but. You've got access for everything we do to see what we've got and to see where it is, and you you look for certain signals that make someone employable. And it's not always the C V, it's how they approach you, it's how they talk to someone when they ring up, and are they genuinely you know aware of what they want? Because most people aren't. Mm. You know, most people aren't. Let's be honest. You know, you might have had a great team and it was a it was a buzzing place, but some people are just going to work for those hours to, to get their money and go home. And they don't, not, not every employee cares, not every PAY employee cares, not every self employed yeah. person cares. And it's just trying to, it's trying to match, them in the, match them in the right
1: homes, but it is tough, it is really, really tough. It is tough, and I think, you know, anyone that's been through it knows kind of, you, you go through this, this change curve pretty quickly, don't you, and this, um, you know, almost, it's not happening, it is happening. It's the despair of what do I do next? Who's gonna help me, yeah. you know? Like you said, it's it's keeping that routine. I think that's really really critical. Is that remember your value, remember your worth, and actually you know try to keep focused, try to keep positive, and, and get get online every day, do a few hours, and, and make sure that when the role, when the role comes up, you're you're as good and prepared as you can possibly be. From a bar store perspective. Um You've got
0: those two sides. So, Helen, you might be able to answer this best. But the, 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 the maybe you might. But, but the stores that were saved, the, the managers, the designers, the consultants, the people that were saved, the mm. staff. that are there, What's the future for them now? Is that is that being mapped out? Is there a pathway? Is, is there clarity? Not yet. No. Um, Homebase
3: presumably have a plan, um, but they haven't really shared that yet. But obviously bear in mind that we are on day. You know, this only happened last Monday that it took us over and it's all happening very, very quickly and there's things changing every day and I think I think Carls is quite a complex business for anyone from outside to come into. I think they assumed that they would just buy it and everything just works. That's not necessarily a still. store. Um, so I think they're still getting their heads around yeah. actually what our business is because you don't see that from the outside and, and they're, they're just working that out now and I think once they've figured that out then clarity will follow.
0: But uh, Personally from a Boyd Jones perspective as a recruiter in KBB, uh, just a as a general human, I hope that everyone affected finds something. If it's in KVB, great. If it isn't, do you know what? That's all right as well, because you know you don't always find those paths. But that I think beautifully gives us an insight into what happened inside the company, you know, around those desks when they've had to be pulled together. We've spoken about what the future holds, and let's be honest, no one in this room really knows. But it's better than what it was. When they weren't saved. So what we're going to do for the next part of the show is we're going to move on to some employability advice and how people who are proactively looking for a job or reactively looking for a job, or just might be looking for a job, can stand out in today's market. Pauline Jones show up we've got a few more things we're going to do. One of them is going to be guys, girls, I'm going to let you ask me five questions of any, anything you want, but particularly filmed around recruitment or employability advice. That will be this week's penalty shootout, or this episode's penalty shootout. But before that, we'll spend some time just talking about how to stand out in today's market. So, to give that some transparency, I'm going to ask you all a question. Um, when you've employed people previously, uh, start with you Hayley what do you look for in someone what makes someone stand out for you
2: um, they need to be friendly and open um, good communicator yeah and I like them to sort of just tell me quite quickly what they would do to improve the normally a website I'd want them to have plans exactly what they've at, that they would do in the first sort of month or what they could do sort of short term long- and long term and have a bit of a plan and would you have
0: Communicated that to them before the yeah. interview. I want you to be, Okay, that's good.
2: Yeah, on. yeah. Normally, I would say yeah. I'm going to ask
0: you. This so you're, you're going to set them a project, or set them a task, or prepare yeah. against it. So it's good. Yeah. What about yourself, then?
3: Well, for me, it's always been people in stores. So obviously, yeah. so
0: we're talking about sales staff. We're yeah. talking about people. Is my world? So I come on. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, it's it's really important, and it sounds stupid, for them to be likable. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if someone has all the experience and all the talent in the world. But when you first meet them, you think, well, I wouldn't buy from you. No one else is likely to either. And, and if I think someone's nice, then everyone's
1: going to think
0: they're nice because I don't like anyone. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you get on with me. Yeah, we just, you know. I, I, in my years in recruitment have sadly meant that my expectation of the human race starts down here now. And then, you know, it, it, can, it can dramatically rise. But Absolutely. because I think the worst, you know, I, I can have some positive surprises. There's the thing
3: about skill then, isn't It's, Is, you know what, I, I can't teach someone to be nice, I can't yeah. teach someone to be someone that people are going to be immediately attracted to as a human being, but I can teach them about bathrooms.
0: Uh, do you know what, I think that, that, that resonates with me in my world, you know, in, in my little in folly Jones Towers, because... <laughs> I will say it, because I've said it a lot, I don't employ recruiters, I employ nice employ people. So yeah. if I take someone on with three or four years of recruitment experience, it takes me 12 to 18 months of de-skilling them to get them to work the way we we approach recruitment. Yeah. I'm not saying the way we approach it is any better, because I, I've got no right to say that, it's just very different. And that's why we bring the the Callums and the Laras and the Hollies in, who are, you know, who are good people that... That you would like and your customers would like and, and, they, and they care and if I've got that I can help with the other stuff because we, we, work, we work personality led. So so far from Helen and Haley, we've got you look for friendly people, open people, be succinct in terms of how they communicate themselves and likeability. Mm-hmm. How do you draw that from a one-page CV when it lands on your
1: desk? What about you, desk? I would build on those actually I think authentic uh, they've got to be authentic they've got to be really genuine uh, I'd like people to have done a little bit of research about the company or the role um, I've had a lot of people that come in you know for interviews and they don't even know really what the business does um, and I think you know transferable skills is the other thing I think a lot of people get pigeonholed about you know with the experience that they've, they've got previously in certain roles but I think the way the world works now and the way that the roles are there's a lot of stuff that you can transfer just because you've been in one you know industry doesn't mean that you can't take those skills and those people skills and you know you can't be trained on them like you just said yeah. you de-skill people so that you can reskill them and i think a lot of employers need to appreciate that you know just because they've never done that role before they've got to start somewhere um, so I think, you know, as long as they've got a bit of something about them, they've, they've got a bit of personality, a genuine interest, they're smiling at you, I'd have a part on that. Yeah.
3: And they really want to do it, that's the thing, is there someone who actually
0: is excited about the prospect of doing the job you want them to do? Yeah, it's
3: good to see passion.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Looking at what you guys spoke about, um, it's almost that first impression. It's that it's that instant. Do I feel do, is there something that makes me feel that I want to talk to this person? Do I want to sit next to them in a car, or in a plane? Would I, you know, would I have dinner with them? Would I fry up with them in a cafe, whatever it is? But it's, it's do you want to be around them? That that's the sense of employability that we're all kind of looking for. So. We've got different ways of looking at it, but I, I call sort of, sort of call it seven steps to success. But we start with something you said then. I start with this, I start with, do your homework. Alright? Mm. So just because, you know, you you working for a competitor or you think you're qualified and you've got a great degree doesn't give you any God given right to a job and getting a bit brutal here, but that's that's something we say. So, you're a football team. You can't go out onto the pitch about tactics. Without training, you're not going to get a result. So, doing your homework, having a plan is important. One of the questions I love, and I say this to every single person who I'm helping for an interview or whatever, is ask the person who's interviewing you what they like about working here. And what, why are they working here? What do you like most? Are you happy? Mm. Because you're going to get a real feel. And at worst, you're, you're, you know they might they might say I don't like it, and you think, well, not but but at best you're going to get that person talking about why they're happy and what mm-hmm. they're looking for, and that person then is going to feel really good because we all like talking about what I do, we all like talking about ourselves. So if you can start doing that, and then you can then bring in some work you've done, which is above and beyond the website. We can all go online and go, oh yeah, what preparation? I've had a look at website. Really? Do you know what I mean? So if you if you're going for a job in the a store please impress me by telling me you you've been in the store or you've you've been what well, have you been to that store and to a competitors store I mean that's depends how far you want to get but have, doing your homework and having a plan and then I call it for number three going the extra mile 99% of job seekers will do just enough it's the 1% when the magic happens so being brave being positive being calm I think you said that Dan that makes a difference and then it is first impression so you perhaps don't want to wear a two piece and flip flops but but it's been Mm. I get feedback where people are overdressed for interviews. That's what I
2: was going to ask you. Actually. Yeah. No.
0: I get, I get feedback where people are overdressed. Yeah. It's understanding. Yeah. It's understanding. We we recruit for some real quirky, mm. highly uh, quirky interior designer types. Yeah. yeah? So wearing an off the peg shirt, suit, and tie from Next isn't going to hit be a hit with him. Yeah. Wearing some red trousers and like a, a mm-hmm. I don't know a check jacket with a nice shirt underneath it and a, a cravat that's going to be there well. So it's kind of know your audience mm-hmm. in a way. Um, that, there'll be times when I will wear a formal suit there'll be yeah. times when I will wear shorts and fit flops there'll be times when I'll be smart casual yeah. but it's being representative of that I don't think I mean you put a post out about it Dan you know in the heat about you know <laughs> people still wearing shirts and ties I mean I, I thought that went out in the 90s but you know I mean I, I, but I'm saying that I was that David Beckham I'm going to put a big knot in my tie and I'm going to write I was that per, I was that person as young sales director I thought that's what i yeah but well, I, mean I still
2: like to see someone dress smart and make an yeah. effort and I think sort
0: of, especially first impression of, is it
2: yeah so but it's, it's me, the right effort yeah so with me as uh, sort of, if I went contracts and did UX UI and I went for an agency then I'd probably dress a bit more a bit down a bit more quirky but still smart but if I was going yeah. for sort of a head of role somewhere I'd probably dress an even more smarter but
0: if you're going too. for a position at like your old head office yeah. you know you would do your, you'd do your homework and you'd see what people are wearing there yeah. and yeah. you dress appropriately yeah. we always say it's better to overdress than, um, than get it yeah, wrong yeah. but you do perversely get that the other time I, mean, I, I remember once someone we, we, some lorry drivers have been interviewed and um, one the, the guy wrote me and said oh, why do you turn up in a, like, he's gonna be driving a lorry for me I wouldn't go out in the lorry I'm like well, he's, why shouldn't he turn up in a lorry he went no I'm just interested and, and, and it can vary so much and it's kind of and I go to some head offices now where no one's got ties, mm. and I go to others where it's still like you know it's very, very corporate yeah. and very formal. Yeah. So, I think making the impression where you're dressed appropriately, you know, your body language has gone good, you, you're on time, you're making the eye contact, you've thought about your questions. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've got it here you know, you, you are prepared and you're enthusiastic. You can take control of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone listening to this can do that. You can make a good first impression, yeah. regardless of what. Your application says. But that's the other thing as well. You know, one of the things that I've got, i always say is, please, for the love of God, don't just be one of them person that just clicks apply. You know, please do something that, that makes you get noticed. If you imagine a hiring manager in a head office or a recruitment manager for a, for a big company, how many inboxes, emails, emails, applications they're gonna get a good person could get lost in the wilderness then you go you see some of the people get uber creative and they go a bit too far you think well that's a bit too far but it's just trying to do something that gets you noticed Mm. and that's hard because it can vary so much but if you are relying on that hiring manager to be in a good mood and open it and see what your application reads and CV says if you're not following that up and chasing it and being proactive someone else might be but they might be the person who gets employed. Um, I've got on here as well. Don't know what you thought so on it, but I thought. I, it depends, but I put. Don't forget to show off. Alright, so that could be a brag sheet, it could be your portfolio, your design role, it could be knowing your numbers, knowing your figures, knowing. and Then it's the how, isn't it? It's the how, the what, the why, and it's being able to demonstrate what you've achieved. Um, be the best you can be, smile, relax, have fun, put yourself in the, the hiring manager's shoes. You know, what do you think they're looking for? You know, how can you adapt yourself for it? And then, you know, a really simple one, I always say at the end, if you enjoyed it, tell them. Mm-hmm. leave them with something positive I'd yeah. really like to meet you again you know i love to work here you, you, you sound brilliant so many people walk out and say well how did you end it oh yeah we said bye any questions no You know, this, and it's natural to not want to put yourself out there but if you can articulate yourself and you can come across in a way which gets you noticed but still quite humble you've got half a chance mm-hmm. Job seeking is a, a full time job trying to find the job it, it's, it's a roller coaster of mainly lows with the occasional high um, you will always be disappointed by someone but the person you can trust in is yourself and uh, the thing I put out there I put it out there when I come back from holiday related to doll was you know, be brave, be strong, be positive because there are businesses right now and they're not just all with us at Foy Jones, but there are businesses right now, big groups like you mentioned, like REN, etc., Kingfisher, and independent, privately owned businesses that are recruiting. There are opportunities out there, I believe, for everyone who's affected. <laughs> shooter, he's normally themed around football or sport, but today we're going to theme it around the subject that I'm, okay, I'm probably full of football clubs, my specialty, subject is my mastermind, but if that was taken, I would go recruitment. So, I'm putting myself in your hands. You're going to ask me five questions, I'm going in goal, I'm going to try and answer them, I'll save them as best I can. They're very quick fire, so we're going to just go straight from the heart. Over to you, question number one, please.
2: Okay, I'll start. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's been in the same company for, sort of- for 10 years and is looking for a new challenge.
0: The first piece of advice I would give them is I would say it will be okay. Um, if you've got ten years of longevity with an employer, there are more companies that are going to like that than not like it. Um, there's a tradition now that, well it's changing slightly, but most businesses and hiring managers prefer people with longevity in their career. If that ten years has got progression, that can give someone real employability in, in a future employer's eyes. Okay.
1: Number two, um, number two. So, um, I think as someone that's kind of applying for roles at the moment, how often do you think you should chase recruiters? Well, first, should you chase recruiters up, and how often should you be in touch with them? Okay, I'm gonna do that horrible
0: thing of, of answering the question with a question. Do, if you were applying for a role, do you think it would be you or a recruiter that gets you the job? Will be myself, yeah. Yeah, so, so you are the person that is going to get yourself the job. So if you choose to speak to that recruiter once a month, once a day, once a week, that you've got control of that. Um, For me, those rules of engagement should always be agreed at the very start. So if you're talking to one of my team, you're talking to me, we would be able to map out that process. We would say, this is a three stage, two stage, one stage process. We expect 24, 48 hour feedback from, from submission. Talk to us, we're available at any time. So you can talk to us as much as you want is what I would say. Number three. How what's a covering letter on a TV? Now I'm gonna be old fashioned. I like a covering letter, right? I like a non-template generated CV, I like personality. So if someone reaches out to me on LinkedIn or they apply for a position with businesses we're working with and they just do something more than what's mapped out for you. And if that covering letter is just nice, and it says why they're interested, and it's there. I think it's doing a little bit more than most people, because most people won't. But if someone's applying for a position, they are quite like a covering letter.
3: Okay,
0: a bit of effort. Yeah, that's, I think that's it. Yeah. What
2: advice would you give to somebody who's looking to change their career?
0: So moving to a completely different sector. Yeah. Good luck. It's 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 perceived as one of the most easiest things to do, to take transferable skills into different sectors. That's okay if the doors are open. If the doors are closed by preconception, you've got to open them doors so to open those doors you've got to think about what value you can add to that business and how you can make that business organisation branch individual money and if you can articulate that and you can encapsulate that and grab their attention I've seen some amazing people transfer careers
1: last one question number five I think um there's a lot of uh, applications out there, a lot of sort of job descriptions that are really kind of specific about qualifications they want. So I guess in your experience as a recruiter, how important do you think qualifications are against experience? Um, unless you are applying for a
0: position where having a qualification is an absolute prerequisite, so I'm thinking flying a plane, operating on someone, you know, doctor, surgeon, lawyer, you know, so so the job you're applying for it is a given, it is a prerequisite you have to have the right qualification mm. is desirable it's not essential um, you know I went to the University of Council of States and Life and you know I did okay I, d- I don't believe that having a degree makes you a better person than someone without a degree I don't believe working in the market makes you better than someone who hasn't worked in this market I did a big presentation once and I said we've got five people at a bus stop person at the front works for a competitor she's average person two works with the right competitor Not bad. Person three, completely, you know, the dots are not right. Person four, youngster, up and coming, really, really excited about their career. Person five, approaching the end of their career, but, you know, really safe pair of hands. Why do you ignore the person at the end of their career who could do the job really easily and why do you sort of ignore the youngster who could come through and be developed and be a real star of the future to go for these two average people that are doing the same sort of job already to just be average for you? That's that's sort of my my, my analogy in it. It doesn't matter in my world too much, but if you get onto multi-site and you get onto some of the some of the more senior roles, they'll look for something. But good 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 operators, good managers can do that post grad and they can do what they need to do. It's normally desirable unless it is an actually specific given. You know, you wouldn't want someone flying you across the Atlantic if they hadn't knew that, yeah, learned how to fly that plane. Yeah. But I certainly want someone telling me to take some antibiotics if they didn't know what they were prescribing me. Other than that, yeah. You know, you can be self-taught or you can learn we can learn on a job OK, so I'm glad I survived that penalty shootout it was nerve-wracking I think i need another chocolate biscuit are they still there? Biscuits? Some Some, some So, OK, so Haley, Dan, Helen thank you so much for, for joining us today it's, uh, it's quite it's quite an emotional subject and it's quite it's the topic that everyone's kind of talking about in my world and we've got three people that are involved in it from a gone perspective a going perspective and still their perspective which is three very different viewpoints um, I say it a lot that you know there, there needs to be a time of calm. If you do look at the market, you can see there are opportunities out there. Yes, we have them. We have opportunities at Foy Jones, and yes, they're on our website. But it's not a partly good, party, party political broadcast for me. We've got political times of uncertainty anyway. Um, Brexit, no deal, yes deal. There will still be opportunities in this sector. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Um, David, anything you want to say to, to, to your own colleagues or the industry in general? I
1: think. You know, from me, it's, it's lovely that the, the brand has been bought. Um, I would just say a huge good luck to anyone that's kind of been affected by it, that's out there and still looking. I think the right wrong is probably just around the corner for you.
0: That's positive. Hello.
3: There, there is hope at the end of this, and there's there's other things out there, and I have to believe that because let's face it, we we all need to believe that because if you stop, then you're not going to get over.
0: Okay. okay. Hey.
2: Um. Yeah. Just. Just. Keep positive. Keep um,
0: positive.
2: And the right
0: the right position will be just. I mean, I mean, I mean. Listen, you know, I think I think for me to kind of to kind of sum up what I would say from this podcast, what what I've learned is you've got three very different personalities doing different things that have worked together as a team and must have loved every moment of that. You know, the world can change in an instant. You know, it can change in an instant. You're now faced with different things. I have got no doubt, and I will say this publicly. every one of you in this room you know uh, amazingly employable you've got amazing skills to offer Uh, whether that will be in the same sector outside the sector transferring a completely different thing you won't lose that employability you don't become a bad person overnight because the business has taken a decision to, uh, to do what it's done Uh, you've got to be positive. We have been doing what we can, but we've only really helped a small number of people because you can only do so much. But we have been trying to be positive. We've been saying the sector's recruiting. We're recruiting. We're Floyd Jones. Thank you for coming on the podcast. That was Bath Store, a view from the inside. Thank you. (laughs) So that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Foyne Jones by visiting our website or connecting with me on LinkedIn. We are Foyne Jones, this is what we do.